1: Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Shop top. Omaha. <laughs>
0: no, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop
1: and hi everybody welcome back to script shop i'm jack
0: and i'm allison and
1: i don't have a clever funny thing to say about myself in this intro part because i didn't think of one ahead of time
0: hmm. do you usually think of them ahead of time well sometimes
1: there's moments when it just sort of comes to me mm-hmm. the, the the one episode that we did where i said that i like fruit-based desserts yeah. was obviously born out of a conversation that happened mere moments before
0: right in a photo that's now on the internet you're welcome Oh, did you tweet that already? I Great. Face- I actually Facebooked it because it was the one <laughs> I hadn't done yet.
1: Well, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah.
0: Well... No, there's not, because you're not on Facebook, which is why I always have to hashtag Jack Crumley you. That's right. I'm secretly putting you on Facebook and you don't even know it. I know,
1: you're not the only one.
0: So hi, welcome to Script Shop. (laughs) That's so creepy. I know, I don't like it. Uh... We talk to screenwriters
1: (laughs) about their work and their scripts, and we have them on and we have them talk about themselves and how themselves figures into their work.
0: And their scripts. And their scripts. We love their scripts. We love hearing what people are doing. And, um, you know, we'll just jump into this. If you would like to be on the show, if yes. you would like to share your work with us, you can do so by going to com slash submit. You can also just go to the homepage, scriptshopshow.com, and from there, there's all these cool buttons to push. <laughs> Ones that let you learn a little bit more about Jack. Ones that let you learn a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. I don't. We don't have too much info about Frank on there. We that, need really. a Frank page. Do you know what? Frank's in charge of the website, and I told him to put himself on there, and then I noted that he didn't. <laughs> he really didn't. Yeah. Well, uh.
1: Frank, the boss, is not happy about this. Mm,
0: Frank, get it together. What's that script with the boss? Um,
1: Marjorie, with the one yeah. when we did Donut Admire? What have
0: you been doing these four years? <laughs> <laughs> that was my best role to date. That was great. Uh, but on the website, you can also learn all about of our all all about all of our screenwriters who we love featuring on the show with mm-hmm. their scripts. There's usually links to their other works. There's enough keywords that you could Google search them and find them if you wanted to. Yeah. So make use of that sweet website and enjoy it. <laughs> and in
1: addition to that sweet website, we are also <laughs> on some pretty sweet social media as well: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Script Shop Show. Uh, please check us out and uh, interact with us in a fun and non-threatening way
0: um so today we're going to be talking about a script called melting pot where you have casey allen here in the studio which is always so I'm poking nice poking him in the leg right now <laughs> touching a guest <laughs> touching a guest he's, he's doing the
1: weird thing that we have to have our in-studio guests do where they act like we're not talking about them yet so right. they just have to sit there and listen to us yeah. do this nonsense yeah
0: like like casey wrote this script it's a 14 page narrative short it's a um a grumpy old men-type comedy with a father-son dynamic, interracial mm. families, and uh, home health nurses.
1: And inter ageal. I don't know what the word is mm. for age In terms of differences. age
0: differences. Got, is there a word for that, it It's called oh. creepy? creepy. Creepy? It's, it's creepy.
1: It's got quite the May-December <laughs> romance in it.
0: Uh, I like this idea of it's called creepy because my husband's a little bit older than me, and mm-hmm. I love making fun of him for it. <laughs> I love it. That's He's fine. not that much older than me, but... The other day, his beard started turning white and I was like, oh my gosh, you're looking old. You're looking old. And it's it's special that like we get to go through this and he will see me become older as well. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I can say those things now because I'm still in my 20s and he's like, not. <laughs> love you so horrible
1: As somebody who would have been on the receiving <laughs> end of that i can tell you that's going to be torture if you keep no, doing that.
0: No, y- yeah i know but i just try to like pair it with these big brown eyes and this like mischievous smile and then mm, scamper there. out of the room so let's talk about what we're watching lately jack what are you watching what oh, you like
1: uh yeah we do talk about that um you
0: want to talk about our favorite movie that we're both watching on netflix right now what's that say it on three we talked about it last night at the bar
1: Oh boy, there were a lot of things we probably talked about last night at the bar that I'm okay, not going to be able to say. Okay, I'm going to count three. to three and then
0: I'm going to say it slowly. Ready? One, two, three. Meet
1: Scrimshaw, the- Omaha. What you I don't know what you're going it's for.
0: Meet the Robinsons. Oh, yes! Meet the Robinsons. It's <laughs> the most underrated Disney movie. It's the most
1: underrated Disney movie of it's all incredible. time. It's
0: incredible. It's incredible.
1: Meet the Robinsons is on Netflix and if you have any you probably if you're out there and you haven't heard of it, okay, A, you're not alone because it got like no promotion. I don't think I it did any box office. It was Disney trying to do stuff when Pixar was still its own sort of separate outfit. Right. It was before the two companies merged right. and that the Disney in-house animation studio was just trying to have its own thing going. Meet the Robinsons is fantastic. It's an
0: incredible movie. It's
1: funny. It
2: looks good. It's, it's heartwarming. I have a big head yeah. and little arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this was thought out very well. <laughs> See, KC gets it.
0: I'm so happy that you've seen that movie. <laughs> we own it. I've got kids. Good. So it. do I. We have it on DVD. <laughs> See, you so get it. So good. Yeah. Um, and what are you watching lately?
1: Yeah, Casey's uh, in studio here with us. Woohoo!
2: Ooh, uh, boop, boop. Yeah, this is great. I wanted to come down and say hi. You know, yeah, personally we and, appreciate it. And, Thank you. And, uh, sound all ballsy on this mic? You're doing it. <laughs> yeah. balls to the wallsy so far, here. So good. I'll just bring it down like this. <laughs> uh, you know, Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm really digging that, and I'm digging the actors behind it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more is coming out about the actors. They have this thing that they're show that they're showing uh, behind the scenes. After or Beyond Stranger oh, Things, oh, that's the Beyond something. one, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm digging those actors; those kids are awesome. And then the one kid, and I don't know any of their names; I'm not real good at that. But um, the one kid has the speech impediment. Mm-hmm. I guess he sings really, really
0: well. Really, huh. yeah.
2: I guess he's got like a, he's a songbird or something. So uh, I'm kind of infatuated with what, the, what they're doing with that show and how they kind of got the 80s, you know, revived again on their very own. I mean, there was some other things too, Wreck It Ralph and blah blah blah.
0: Right. Blah.
2: And uh, pixels with uh, Adam, and but uh, what they've done here with this genre piece, and and I mean they're just sticking to it so so well. There are
0: it. so many genre type shows, like mm-hmm. they did the whole re- reboot of the Wet Hot American Summer. There's some show on Prime that's about, like, a country club, and it's set in the late 80s, early 90s, that Philip, my old husband, loves because it's his <laughs> time. Yeah. I got a laugh from Frank on that. Yeah. <laughs> Cha-ching. Good job. Is he going to become, like, this character now, Philip, where he's, like, this... You know, on the show, he's like a character for us that I poke fun of all the time. Yeah, and right now he's a very
1: old character because that's (laughs) the only defining characteristic that he's had so far. He's
0: also very handsome, smart, charming, and he's a chef, so... Latida.
1: Phil was nice enough to invite me to disc golf this morning. It was my first time, and I was not great at it. But Phil was extremely supportive, and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, but back to all these '80s revivals. Yeah. There's been tons of them, and we have a lot of writers on the show who are gravitating towards that, mm-hmm. just kind of bringing out some of that childhood stuff that they miss. Yeah. Much
2: like your husband, I lived it, <laughs> right? So uh, you know, it, it was the age of Madonna, and you know, it was just a strange time, funky. Because we were coming out of the turbulent 70s, mm-hmm. and the art of the time was, uh, you know, all in the family and good times and, and all this art. I can't think of a guy's name now all of a sudden that did those shows. It's,
1: oh, you're um, I
2: know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, shoot. I lost it. Somebody Google it. Anyway. <laughs>
0: I have, I don't know. Uh, it's going to kill
1: me when I get it,
2: too. Yeah, it's the second time this yeah, has happened to me. I know. So we're coming out of the turbulent 70s and everything that's going on with that, and all of a sudden the 80s hit, and everything switched. Everything went crazy, and people are wearing... Uh, uh, fluorescent colors on their socks and Norman Lear. Norman Lear, Norman that's Lear. it. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys brilliant. did such
0: a good job of being each other's brains for that moment because you were both like that. That made the movies, and then you looked at him <laughs> and Jack. You went, "Aha, uh-huh, aha!" Uh-huh. Well, and you guys both pointed at each other. Well, we're both radio
1: guys, so we're on some level. Uh, that we've, got, uh, we've got some weird, probably similar waves. mindset. Waves,
0: yeah. radio, get it? Yeah,
2: weird radio That's it. But uh, you know, the eighties just kind of went cra- kind of went crazy, and and there's all these strange colors and and all this. Uh, everybody was talking about you know credit cards and wealth mm-hmm. and everything. Just to completely went a one eighty from the seventies, and the music changed. You know, seventies you're listening to things like you know Led Zeppelin and Three Dog Night, and yeah. and all of a sudden in the eighties you've got people playing drums with a keyboard and, you know, aha, take on me. And yeah. like, what, 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 what did you do to my culture? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Blow it up. Blow it up, people. Blow it up.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. and
1: how much of that informs your work, like in terms of like pop culture and stuff you're into? Does that, does that influence what you actually uh, create?
2: Not a whole lot. Okay. Uh, my very first screenplay I wrote in 2006. Okay. And it was in the height of some of the early wars in the Middle East. And I threw a little bit of that into it, but on a reread, it dates it terribly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be getting rid of all that when I finally do another rewrite. Like I say, that's 10 years old and I'm hoping to eventually make that film. Uh, It's a cool concept, but uh, the pop culture stuff, you know, it's fun when you watch it, especially when you're in the middle of it. But then after a certain amount of time, it does date the stuff that you're watching. And, um, you know, that can be a distraction. Yeah. Sometimes if you want your work to outlive you.
0: Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff does influence you then mostly? Like thematically, what do you find yourself playing with?
2: Life. 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 Life influences me. Well,
1: Um, this script very much came from some real life stuff after reading some of the stuff you sent us. Right.
2: Well, the one I was just talking about, the the first feature I ever wrote, um, we were on, I'd been hired as an AD on a feature film, uh, just a small thing. Uh, It was written by two 20-year-old kids. It was called Randomosity. It really was a very ambitious project for these two guys. Mm -hmm. And we were on location one day shooting a a hospital scene, and uh, there was an EMT there who was kind of there as a consultant for us, and he was talking about this situation that he had found himself in where there was an accident on the road, and he was – getting busy working on the woman who had been flung from her car and because she wasn't breathing or something rather he had her shirt open and he was starting to deliver cpr and all of a sudden he heard you know these knocks behind him and he turned around and looked and her kids were in the car watching oh, everything that was going on is not that the, not the chillingest yikes uh, chill it just uh, just chills you to he- to hear that story oh, wow. well i couldn't shake it so I wrote a screenplay that has that as a scene in it, and it's yeah. the turning point of that screenplay. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that mm-hmm. that influence me. And like you mentioned, with this Melting Pot uh, script, um, definitely some real-life stuff yeah. came into this, and it's, it's funny. Um, do you want to get into this? Yeah, now? tell yeah? us about it. So um, Melting Pot is about an elderly man uh, who has a home health aide. And he decides that he's in love with her, and she's actually in love with him, too, and they decide that they want to get married. Well, th- this was done for a contest here in Cincinnati called Winter Film. Uh, that's put on by the Southern Ohio Filmmakers Association. And we had three weeks in which to, or ex- actually it's a month, to uh, write a film, produce it, get it made, get the score done, and turn it in. And the night after they had revealed the theme, which was Desire, mm. it just I was about to go to sleep. I put my head on the pillow and I was in like a half of a sleep. And all of a sudden, ding, it just came to me what the whole script was from beginning to end, wow. just like that. It was the craziest thing. And I... I Thought it out in my mind, and I almost got up, but I had to work early the next day. And I thought, okay, I'm I'm gonna wait.
0: Stifle that impulse, stifle that impulse, <laughs> stifle that impulse.
2: And and I did. And, uh, <laughs> but luckily, the, the the feeling of it was still so powerful that I got yeah. up the next day, and I was still able to write it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, it went through eight revisions, but but you know, it's it's making the film festival circuit now, and and I'm proud of it. It's but real life brought that in because um, my father. And I never thought in a million years that my father would be an influence on me. Uh, my father and I were not emotionally close. I'm not an emotional person. He's not an emotional, wasn't an emotional person. And uh, so he came to live with us. His health had gotten so bad that he came to live with us. And uh, and um, as he did that, we went through a series of home health aides with him because he wasn't always the nicest person to care for, so people would leave. People would leave, yeah, and complain and things like that. Well, uh, the last one that we had uh, was a gentleman, and, and he he stuck with us until the end, and he was a fantastic Peter, oh, wow. just fantastic guy. But what he needed was a guy. He mm. he didn't he should not. he didn't
0: respond well to women. No,
2: no, no, not very well at all. Um, which is completely antithetical to a, to the to the character that's written in Melting Pot. Yeah, right. He loves women.
1: Yeah, he's he's pretty into his this home health aid.
2: <laughs> right. Um, but having him in the house and seeing how he interacted with home health aides and, and, you know, the whole dynamic there, I, I don't know. I suppose that was an inspiration. A spark. A spark. Yeah. And I've got another one that I'm writing now that is also inspired by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, my father suffered from a disease that's only now starting to really get noticed. Everybody talks about Alzheimer's and whatever else, but my father had something called Lewy body dementia. And it has a Parkinson's component, but it also has a, a defined um, symptom that other dementias don't have. And that is a uh, tendency towards hallucinations. Ugh. And they can be quite upsetting. And so... Wait, can you
0: describe something? Do you know? Like, would your father act out any of these?
2: He wouldn't act out anything. It, it all started, uh, I was coming home one late evening and he gave me a call on my cell phone and he says, um, uh, you're sitting down? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in the car. He goes, I, I got something I want to tell you. and I, I think it's going to be maybe a little upsetting to you, but I, I want to tell you. Oh, boy. This is coming from my father. Right. Who's on. not an emotional guy, right? I'm like, all right, what's up? And he says, uh, I think my house is haunted. And I'm like... Now, my wife and I had lived in that house. And then when we moved away for me to go work someplace else, he took that house over. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't haunted when we lived there. What would you do to it? <laughs> 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 right. Right. Where'd you pick up these ghosts from, Dad? <laughs> Where you been, you know? They follow people. What are you been doing, mm-hmm. right, you know? But uh, so... Um, so we we went and it goes it goes into the screenplay. So I don't want to reveal a whole lot of of what that was. Oh. But, um, but some of those things that he ended up seeing were quite horrific. It started yeah. off it started uh-huh. off pretty easy. You know, he said that he saw little people, and they were dressed to the nines, like back in the 1920s and the wow. late 1800s, and they had the big hats and the corsets. And that's fit. very specific. Oh right yeah. On. Oh yeah. And he saw them, and they were walking on his kitchen counter.
0: Mm. Wow.
2: So he was, con- and they wouldn't respond to him. He would talk to them and ask them, you know, what what they're doing here, and and they wouldn't respond. And um, they never did. They never looked. They just carried on about their business. He, he they were talking to each other, but he he could never hear anything that they were saying. So it was just a it was just an odd thing to get started. So uh, getting into a little bit more, I thought, okay, well, this could be fun. We're gonna have the. Uh, paranormal investigators come up mm-hmm. okay so they came up
1: from Cincinnati as a matter of fact that's cool oh gosh
2: and we sat there all night and there was a <laughs> there was a psychic that came up Uh, With them, and she was just full of the Dutch, and she ended up getting fired before the night was over. Really, she was bull crap. Oh, Oh, really? Some psychic that you hired wasn't on the level. Yeah, she was full of crap. Uh, Oh man, boy, I
0: I do love psychics. Just you know, between friends here, like uh, this is the kind of thing where like I'll be walking out in public, and I'll have somebody come over, and they'll be like, "I need to tell you something." And they'll just kind of grab me and look straight into my eyes. What are you talking about? This happens to me all the time.
2: All the time. Randall's all the time. Just it's, come up to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's God. happened
0: like three or four times, Ugh. probably since I've I've been twenty. Honestly, uh, I'm not twenty now. You know, full <laughs> disclosure. But but it, I mean, that's a lot. Has it ever happened to you? No. no no has it ever happened no. to you no it no. happens to me all the time so what,
1: what do they say to you when they just have to say it's oh gosh in my head <laughs> no
0: well okay i'll tell you a couple of things but you know we really don't have the time to get yeah, okay, allison's yeah, right. personal life okay. but like they tell me about the children i'm gonna have or Ugh. they say i'm gonna have one child they also talk to me from the beyond i have a sister who passed away when i was young mm-hmm. and she apparently has wanted when they just like connect with me they'll send her messages and it's It's weird stuff because they'll tell me things that then I take back to my mom, and my mom will say things like, I used to say that exact phrase to your sister. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. Yeah. Really? Um, Yeah. Wow, all right. You know, it's not like my mom is finding crazies in Cincinnati from Texas and telling them to (laughs) go find Allison at this exact moment in OTR and tell her these very specific things about my dead daughter, you know? like okay. That's not something my mother would do. Anyway, wow. derail, 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 but you know, there you go, so
1: melting pot, Casey <laughs> uh, this uh, you so you, this came from a very specific place uh, to a certain extent. you sort of woke up almost you had to wake up in the middle of the night, you it just hits you like it's on a ton of bricks, yeah. Uh, and w- where is this at in terms of production? Is it, it it's been produced? It's you're working on it still. It has been produced.
2: Uh, so you this, did it for Winter Film. Yeah, I did it for Winter right. fully Film. Fully right. for Winter Film. Um, really, really proud of how well it did. Uh, Rick Huddleston uh, won uh, Best Supporting Actor, and we run uh, the Best Film, uh, first runner up.
0: What uh, uh, what role so did he play? In he
2: it? was the role of Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the last cast member we brought aboard like I don't know, a day or two before we actually took production and, and, uh, he, he did a fantastic job.
0: Um, have you been writing prior to this or was winter film kind of like a first foray into it or?
2: This was our, this was my second winter film. Okay. Um, but I've been writing, um, not, not so much screenplays. I started off in radio. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Jeez, man, we should <laughs> grab a drink after this. Yeah, a big one. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, I started off a long, long time ago. I got into radio in 1985, and uh, you know, it took me 18 years to realize that that's not what I want to do anymore. Wow. And uh, but uh, we have, we have to write creative scripts. And I, for a while, in one radio station, I was actually the creative director. So I wow. would, I was writing these very. Creative scripts because you know you listen to a radio commercial nowadays and you have a lady talking to a man. You know, I, I'm really disappointed in last night. And, oh, I know, I know. I wish I would have. I wish I could have done better. Well, you know, there's a male enhancement pill that you. So right. there's this really fake conversation going mm-hmm. back and forth because some salesperson's writing it. It's right. People
0: don't talk like that in real life. I don't.
2: I, I mean, know. not I in know. you know full blown <laughs> products and disclaimers and everything. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no. So I would find a way to write that in a more believable way, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, I, I did voices and all sorts of different things. So I was able to, you know, I'll throw a little Bill Clinton in there, you know, I could throw a whole bunch of different voices and things like that. And, and it would help the production get spiced up a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you would write creatively because you were thinking creatively. Well, that lasted for a long time. And then I started a, uh, um, video production house in 2001 used, my knowledge of commercials to start doing commercials for television. So I'd have to write for that. And I was the, I was the only person that wrote all that stuff and, uh, it worked out. It worked out pretty well. I mean, we were, we were doing okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, then that, that film happened in 2006 that we were on randomosity and it got me thinking about writing film.
0: Hmm like narrative stuff things that right. you make up and right. yeah well not that you weren't making up those other things but storytelling
2: yeah but somebody was paying me to do that because they had Coca-Cola to sell or something right, right. by the way i just got 50 bucks for that uh. <laughs> can i is it just like
1: a magic word thing if i say
2: coca-cola right now am i going
1: to get 50 bucks yeah maybe Ah. Uh, maybe, uh-huh.
0: maybe try
1: i said dunkin donuts earlier coca-cola 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 <laughs> nestle uh. pure life water
2: <laughs> um but uh, so in 2006, I did that feature, and then I kind of let it sit for a while, and I didn't do anything else. I was excited about the fact that I, that I had written a feature, and I, I got it registered with the WGA, and it's was like, woo I'm a screenwriter, yeah. and then I didn't do anything else. And then in 2009, somebody commissioned me to write something, okay. and I, I'm still working on it. What, what is it that
0: you got commissioned for?
2: Uh, somebody asked me to write a story. Um, it, was a, it was called uh, Short Bus the Movie. And they wanted me to write it and be hilarious. And this is at about the same time that Johnny Knoxville was doing the
0: Jackass stuff.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. the Benchwarmers. Oh, the, oh, okay. right, right, right. Was that his? Was that Benchwarmers? I think was so. His? Yeah. Um, and you know, I I watched Benchwarmers as um, if that's the one it was. Um, To try to do a little research for what it would be like to write for people that had special needs like Down syndrome and autism and things like that. Because I I certainly don't want to write anything that's going to mock or take anything away from folks that are struggling with those situations. Um, And I was watching that movie and absolutely hated it. Mm. But the guy who wanted me to write that film wanted me to write it that way. Mm -hmm. The
1: Ringer. The Ringer. Benchwarmers was definitely a movie, but The Ringer is the one you're talking about. Yep,
2: yep, The Ringer. That's the one. And it was horrid. It was a terrible, terrible movie and it was just awfully done and shame on them. Mm. Um, So I didn't want to do that. So uh, I ended up kind of dropping the project. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still been sitting there, and I do want to finish it because I like what I did with it. It's not what he wanted, so he would never want it.
0: Oh, okay, so he commissioned something specific. You didn't deliver that. You still have your work on the project, but he he's kind of moved on from it.
2: And when I'm done with it, he'll get to see it. If he mm-hmm. wants to produce it, great. If mm-hmm. he doesn't want to produce it, then it's mine. Right. And maybe I'll produce it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, so I worked on that one. And then... Um, A couple of years later, I think it was 2014, I did a job over in Sterling, Virginia, and we were on our way back with the crew. And the the one guy said, hey, we're going to do a horror film. Uh, Would you like to be involved? And I said, no, not really. I I don't want to do movies. I'm busy enough doing what I do. He said, well, how about if you write it? And then, you know, we'll just make whatever you write. Because they it
0: sounds you know, like a pretty they, sweet you know,
2: deal. Okay, you know, I can write it. So mm-hmm. I wrote something and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. It never got produced. Their team imploded for the contest that they were going to be a part of. Um, but they loved the script. And that kind of got me thinking, well, maybe I can do this. Mm-hmm. So then I got involved. Some people on Facebook, friends of mine, had been involved with the NYC Midnight contests. And, uh, you know, that was really fantastic. It, it gave me a reason to write and they were all short screenplays, and they had to have a beginning and a middle and an end, and it had to be different. It had to be compelling, and it had to have subtext. It had to have all these different things to do well. And, and by doing the NYC Midnight Contest, I learned more about screenwriting as we went along. And I there was never a single time I didn't make it to the second round. So cool. no it nice. on me. Um, and then w- Winter Film uh, 2016 came along.
0: Yeah, so you've been progressively learning more about screenwriting, as well as do just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Which you know we we are getting like very common messages from a lot of our writers that are like, you know what, just like write, yeah, write, know your story and write it out.
1: What's the uh, what was the biggest surprise out of the stuff you've learned from the moment when you said, okay, I'm going to start doing this screenwriting thing, and then you've learned things as things go on. What's been the biggest surprise thing that you've
2: learned as it's gone along? Oh, golly. Every project is different. Um, So some of them are very easy to write. Like I wrote a full-length feature screenplay in three weeks. Um, Full-length
0: feature screenplay. Three weeks.
2: Three weeks. Dang. Um, Now I'm going to scrap the last half of it. Because, I I mean, it was good, but I went and I read it, and it's like, oh, that character doesn't seem like he's sticking to who the character is. I think he's gone outside it. Mm -hmm. And I don't dig that. So I'm going to completely rewrite that. Um, But... It's, it's, I think the biggest surprise is that there hasn't been any surprises. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the thing for me is the fact that um, since every project is different, I have to approach them in a different way. Uh, you know, A lot of writers, they outline. And I'm learning how to do that, but really it's just easier for me to just sit down and go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I may hate it, mm-hmm. but that's what they say to do. Just go and write it, and you're going to hate it, and that's okay because you can fix it then. But write it. So that's what I did. I wrote it. I remember that's what Leah said to
1: us when we had when we had her on for Skinner. She talked about just getting stuff down and just writing, and writing, and writing. Yeah.
0: And for her, too, you know, the muse, the writing, the yeah. muse, she talks a lot about how when she would write, it would come out in different ways. And that, yeah. you know, her short that she brought with us was just one iteration of whatever the story actually was.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fascinating <laughs> conversation i really enjoyed i
0: appreciate it. you listening yeah well, thanks. absolutely yeah.
2: i'm digging it i love it yeah. you want to get into some of the script here let's do it
0: yeah um so if you want to just set kind of the tone and setting of the script before we read the selection um that would be really great because we're starting with page one which would be great so if you just want to log line it set it up however it suits you best
2: well the started off is more of a linear tale and the more i wrote it the more it kind of turned into like a um Non-linear tale. It kind yeah. of jumped back and forth between um, what's happening now and what led us to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the movie starts off uh, with Stan, who is a widower and 65 years old, sitting in the back of an ambulance, which is revealed slowly, uh, finding out where he is. And, and um, he's having an argument on the phone with somebody. And that somebody turns out to be his son, Rick. Mm -hmm. They have, as my father and I had, a bit of a questionable relationship. They do fight back and forth sometimes. I do
0: love that you're like, I never thought my father would influence my work and you've written two scripts about him. And then, you know, he keeps coming back all the time after he died. I couldn't, I wouldn't have thought about it while he was still alive, you know, and now he's dead and, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, you know, I,
2: I I firmly believe that he's up in heaven looking down at me Mm -hmm. going, what in the hell (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's dive into this. So
0: in this reading, um, we're going to have Casey do all of our action headings and our narration. We're going to have Jack play 65-year-old Stan. Mm. We're going to have Frank uh, share my mic and play the paramedic if you want to say hi, Frank.
2: We're sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me Sharon.
0: (laughs) And then I will be playing Kate, the home health nurse. So, Casey, whenever you're ready. This is
2: going to be so much fun because this has been produced. I've seen it done over and over and yeah. over again. One of the things Fresh I like take. about what you're doing here is it's like live radio shows of, of the oh, days the days Oh, man, of yeah. cool. I totally dig Thanks. this. Thanks. Thanks, okay. man. All right, here we go. Interior, ambulance. Stan, 65, a disheveled older man is sitting in the back of the ambulance, blood dripping from a wound on his forehead, breathing oxygen. Between gasps of air, he's shouting into his flip cell phone. I hope you're happy. He listens to something on the other end and interrupts. Damn it, Rick. A paramedic reminds Stan that he needs to be breathing the oxygen. He nods and takes a large toke through the mask. He returns to yelling into the phone, but is often interrupted. She would... But you... Well, at least you could have... Stan rolls his eyes and holds the phone out in front of his mouth. And this day started so awesome! Interior, apartment, morning. Stan is at his kitchen table wearing a bathrobe. Two eggs are on his small plate and two pieces of buttered toast lean on the edge. A glass of orange juice sits nearby. Stan moans as he clumsily shovels some egg into his mouth. In near ecstasy at the table, he starts to use his fork to cut off another section of the egg when he suddenly slams the fork down and grabs the edge of the table. His eyes widen and a pained look comes over his face. Loudly, he groans and leans back in his chair just as we hear a loud thump under the table. His orange juice nearly spills as the table shifts.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, I nearly
2: choked. Stan laughs with the satisfaction as Kate, 27, climbs out from under the table. She's beautiful and wearing nursing scrubs with her long hair tied back in a ponytail.
0: I hope you feel better.
2: Oop, I got two of the same page here. As Stan continues to chuckle, Kate grabs Stan's orange juice and takes a large swig. And swishes it around in her mouth before swallowing.
0: Happy birthday.
2: Thank you, my dear. He breaks into song.
1: You make me so very happy. Yeah. I'm so glad you came into my life. <laughs> and I don't know the rest.
0: Never heard it. Are you doing anything special today?
1: Yeah. I am hanging with the boys later, and my son and his wife, Alicia, invited me to an early dinner at their house. Kate slinks up to Stan
2: and kneels down so her eyes are near his. She wears a playful, ornery smile.
0: You gonna tell him?
2: I'm gonna tell him.
0: Good. I'm gonna go clean your toilet.
2: She lightly licks him on the end of his nose and stands up. I wish you'd let me get someone else to do that. It's my job. Sir, please hang up and breathe. Interior. Ambulance. Stan still has the phone in hand. The paramedic is tending to his head wound. How am I supposed to calm down? Why don't you calm down? Stan gulps some air. You feeling okay? No. It was probably something I ate. And then we cut back to... uh, The mm. scene where uh, they're eating their dinner and the fight starts. <laughs>
0: what an intro to a yeah, character. Right? That's fun. What an intro.
2: That's uh, that scene when he's eating the egg.
1: It, it's it, the way you wrote it too, and, the, and you were reading it out loud. Like because you're just following along, and you've only gotten to a certain point here. And okay, he's eating breakfast. Okay, he
0: loves eggs. Yeah, he's eating bra- <laughs> the eggs are pretty
1: good. He's an older guy. He's taking uh, joy out of the small things in life. Uh-huh. Oh, blowjob. That's that's why that's a fun scene, man. Heart attack. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought it was at first. when that's what it's supposed it. to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, so. you
0: guys are hilarious. I didn't know. I was I wasn't thinking heart attack at all. I was just like, this guy loves sex like
1: Very well seasoned eggs. <laughs> So in that script, you talked about before we got into it, how this started out as sort of a linear thing and it very quickly became a nonlinear thing. And, you know, we try to map out and talk about the script overall in some general beats and everything. And and the sheet that I wrote mapping out beats, it's just constant cut twos, cut to this, hit this moment, cut to this, come back to it. When you're, one of the things I noticed when I was reading this and going over stuff, it's almost like he gets to be a narrator for his own story, the way this is set up.
0: Like in the ambulance and stuff?
1: Right, like he's talking about a certain thing and then he makes a reference to maybe it was something I ate, which then cuts to the scene of them having dinner and then it bounces back and was it was it fun to sort of think of different ways of getting into and out of those scenes? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, uh,
2: Like I say, I, you know, th- that, we went through eight drafts of this before we finally filmed it. Mm-hmm. And this had to be done in three weeks. So this was a pretty quick process. Uh, there was another writer that came in. Um, he kind of consulted a couple times with a couple things. He's, he's written um, – uh, he wrote a feature. He wrote a short. He's just written another short. Uh, Michael David Ferre is his name. Um, and he came in um, – Every now and then. And when he came in, and he, he contributed. I mean, like there's a, there's a couple things in the script that were game changers that he came up with. That cool. were just mm. just wonderful uh, in there. So I'm really glad that he was able to help out. Um, but uh, it, it was, it was the, actually the suggestion of the cinematographer. I showed him the script and he's like, have you thought about time hopping on this? Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: like, well, let's try it. Can you talk about like how linear it was versus what it is now? Like what it? What,
2: how, I'd have to go back and look know, at an early, earlier draft. I don't know. This is almost so f- a year old now, so I don't yeah. remember anymore. Yeah. But um, I know that I had a certain idea in my head about what I wanted it to be like. And how it evolved and turned into the script it is now is just a testament to the great team yeah. we had and how we that's worked cool. together. Yeah.
0: You know, your DP's like, what about time hopping? Yeah. And that's what we have here now. Yeah.
2: And I'll give him a little shout out. Greg Krause, uh, he's a heck of a DP uh he's out of finley as well shoots with a, a 8k red he just got oh wow a 8k it's so, wow yeah um he's on a location in cleveland right now working but uh he's he's available for your consultation <laughs> 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 but
0: um well jack do you want to go through a bit of what happens in the script
2: yeah we can
1: kind,
0: kind of what hit we're some, dealing with
1: so yeah so it started off like we said he's he's in this ambulance because something has happened he's wounded in some way and he's mad he's yelling at his son on the phone uh, we flash to the dinner that they have, and he does go ahead and tell this, his son yeah. that he's dating this much younger woman, who is his live-in nurse.
0: And it doesn't go well.
1: It does not go well. Rick, the son, is uh, not thrilled with it. They get into uh, quite the argument, which then culminates in Stan doing oh, okay. something rather foul on his son's front porch.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. You want to ask your question, Jack? That yeah, you-
1: uh he, he, he,
0: he. listen to that Casey. Mani has anybody
1: poem. pooped on the post is this did they stand have you on taken a shit porch?
0: on someone's porch before right. is what we want to know where
1: did that idea come from yeah
0: <laughs> what a loaded question oh,
2: <laughs> so a couple of years ago oh my a friend of mine, uh was talking about ways that he was going to get revenge on somebody yeah and one of the things he kept going back to was i'm gonna shit on your porch and uh, it was hilarious to me, just the idea of it. Was he saying it as a threat first, or he just came up with it as a thing to do?
0: He was I, like, you know what would actually suck? What if I took a human dump on me
2: for <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> I mean, there's no worse insult, really. Pretty you bad. Think it. It's one thing to do it in a paper bag and then right. light it on fire. It's another thing to just squat and plop. And yeah. that's what he was talking about wanting to do, and I found it hilarious. So it just seemed right. You know, it seemed to fit the character Yeah, uh, because he's kind of a cantankerous, strange old dude. Mm-hmm. And um, it worked out really, really well. And the actor that we had do it, Blake Fowler, who's from North Carolina, was fantastic. Yeah.
0: Okay, way. so how did you do this in terms of filming in your production? Yeah, how
2: method is Blake Fowler? <laughs> <laughs> um, we had him uh, go through the motions. Uh, when it came time to actually squat, he was sitting on an Apple box. Uh-huh. And we didn't show it. Uh, but the score is brilliant because oh. as you see him go down to drop a plop on the porch, the score follows him.
1: We have a small selection of the score here. This uh, track is called Poop
2: on the Porch. Did you hear that, how it just went down? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. So this
2: is him, and you hear the sounds. You know, I- and he's giggling about it.
0: I just can't help imagine a guy taking a (laughs) shit.
2: So at this point, he's coming up. He's pulling up his pants. Okay. And and now he's running back to his truck, butt hanging out. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And uh, then he cleans himself off. And uh, when you hear the stab here, this is his door closing. And that's him putting his dirty paper in the mailbox and lifting the flag.
0: Ah, there it is. (laughs) Oh, it's so much better with music. right? (laughs) No offense to the script. (laughs) So
2: that was a selection from the soundtrack.
1: Uh, Who were the guys that uh, Mm. did the soundtrack for you?
2: The company is Cut Time Music. Uh, They're out of Columbus area. Uh, It's uh, Charles Mallory and Parker Mm Wixell. The two of them have scored three films for me now, and they are absolutely brilliant. I love their work. I love working with them. The nicest guys in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally when you have people that are working on your film, be it an actor or whatever, they they want as much screen time as they can get, right? Well, when I'm sitting down and, and laying in the score into our film, they often sit and help. And they're telling me, no, it's too loud there. Oh, wow. You can bring that up there. You, can, you know, they're really, really interested in the entire project. Yeah. Uh, so working with them has been an absolute dream. The That's very first cool. thing that we worked with to, uh, on together was a, actually a short horror film called Dark of the Night. And I fell in love with those guys during that because they're so brilliant and so easy to work with. And they care about the project so much. I I will use them... Uh, as often as they'll let me.
1: <laughs> well, and they're talented enough for the, for you to say, hey, can you guys m- come up with some music for somebody pooping on a porch? <laughs> like that's, I don't know a lot of musicians that could maybe come up with that. That's pretty cool. And
0: it was kind of playful too. Super playful. You know, there's some
2: things in the script that people don't pick up on that are nuanced that I wish they would pick up on because it's it says, the film is called Melting Pot. And and the reason it's be, it's called melting oh, pot, good. yeah, please. is because there's so many different things that are coming together in this. You've got an old man who is widowed and wants to marry a younger woman. Mm-hmm. His son is married to a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are pregnant. She is going to be having a biracial child. So when you think about this family dynamic, it is very much a melting pot. Yeah. So that's that's where that that title came from, and the the nuanced thing that. Um, that is actually, I'm, I'm sad that it keeps getting forgotten or not seen. We, it was part of our radio play that we did. Uh-huh. Um, after he sings, you make me so very happy, he says, I don't remember the rest. And she says, I never heard it. Mm-hmm. Think about the generation gap that like, right. that implies there. Now, my wife is younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And for the first few years that she and I were together... I would, you know, I'm in radio. I know all these right. songs from the 70s and 80s and whatever else, and and she didn't know any of them, and it was frustrating because she's listening to Rob Bass, New Edition, and I'm going, ah, ah, well, that's not music. What right. is that? <laughs> yeah, you're busy, you're busy playing the hits over here, and <laughs> yeah, right. Or what I thought were the hits. Right. know, this is Stairway to Heaven. What? Yeah. So um, that little nuance there about never heard it says a lot about the two of them and what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about subtext, that, that was an important part for me to put in there, and it's it's been glossed over. Maybe it's because of the way it was acted, or maybe there's no music, but I don't know what it is, but it's been glossed over, and I think it's an important
1: point. Well, you are also mm-hmm. coming off of that breakfast blowjob scene,
2: so that's... <laughs> Well, yeah. It takes a lot of oxygen out of the room. <laughs> it is a short. I mean, it could probably be mm. a longer film.
0: Yeah. I just wrote in my notes, short to feature. Like, do you think about expanding this? There, There's a lot of big themes that get pushed into, how many, 14 pages here? Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, it feels like there's room to grow.
2: Okay. So this is opening up another door. Go for to it. this Let's walk
0: into that door.
2: Okay. Because uh, this has been a surprise for me. Um So I wanted to create a full movie in a very short amount of time. And I did have the idea that this might be a feature. And, uh, you know, like you kind of said, I kind of patterned it after after Grumpy Old Men. I love quirky films. Grumpy Old Men is one of my favorites. Um, My favorite film ever is Sideways. I just think it's a Mm. brilliant film. I think it might be the world's most perfect film. I just love how it's acted, directed. The screenwriting is brilliant in it. Just I love that film. So that type of film is what I gravitate towards. But uh, this one, um, I, I thought about making it a feature kind of like Grumpy Old Men was. And then this screened at a film festival in Cleveland called Indie Gathering. And I talked to a group of filmmakers there, and they said, no, don't make it a feature. It's perfect the way it is. Hmm. So on one hand, I'm like, uh, mm, a little bit disappointed. But on the other hand... I understand what they're saying, and yet there's another hand yet that has been a sheer surprise, and it hasn't gotten into near as many festivals as I would like it to get into. Mm-hmm. I submitted to this thing to like 17 festivals. Mm-hmm. I think we've been in three. And the, when we're in it, we do well. People love it.
0: You're submitting the movie or the script? The or, movie.
2: Okay. The movie.
0: Because a lot of our writers, of course, submit
2: their scripts. Sure. Right. And I've not tried that, and mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still starting this journey mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since I really like the feedback that some of those, some of those uh, script contests give. I like that a lot. And I know that there are fellowships out there that you know, just the right script can propel you into actually working right. for a living.
0: But You say you've submitted this to a lot, and you're surprised that it's not getting received. Into it's not getting
2: received because there's so much in the script, like you mentioned. It's packed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's got comedy in it from yeah. you know, taking a dump on the porch, and then later on in the script, it takes a dramatic angle. Oh, right. right. Yeah, we didn't well, even talk about that. So,
0: if we just like briefly list out all of the major themes that we talk about, there's like there's um the biracial element in terms of just people with different skin colors being together. There's the age gap that we talk about. There's the father-son relationship. There's a uh, an ailing father relationship. There's all of the controversy about an older man and a home health nurse in terms of professionalism. Yeah. There's Ethics. the older man's um Relationship to his dead wife. Like that's seven massive themes. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's, it's packed. It's yeah.
2: packed full. And festivals, what they have told me is they don't know how to program it because mm. if they're looking for a comedy, they want comedy. Right. You know, they want pooping on the porch all the way through the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want drama, then there better be some comedy in it, but it better be conclusively a drama. We're talking about the independent film world. Right. It doesn't blur the lines like Hollywood can.
0: Right. Um, how, what's the runtime on the film?
2: About 12 minutes.
0: 12 minutes. Gosh, you know, this whole idea of like how to program a festival is so fascinating because I'll talk to friends with my movie that I've been taking around. We'll talk about how you get into festivals, et cetera. And people will say things like, don't make shorts that are this long because they'll never get in and make them this long because they're easier to program too. And it is just really interesting. And also like awesome that you're getting that straightforward feedback that's just like I mean, we don't know how to put this into what we have, right. you know? Have you tried submitting to, like, um, film festivals that focus on diseases or, um, like, um, like cultural differences and expressing those inequality and stuff? Because you, you might have more success in, like, focused stuff.
2: Um, because it's not called attention to, Yeah, I don't know that it would be picked up. I talked to a, a woman at, a, at another festival that uh, you and I were both at. mm mm-hmm. um, and
0: is that inside the loop
2: inside? We the might loop. as
0: well throw it out there because we love promoting. everybody. Oh, oh yeah. For that,
2: sure. That they did a really it. nice job for mm-hmm. their first year. It was yeah. really a nice, a nice job. And they, you could tell they love film. The, the films that they brought in, uh, were curated very, very well. Yeah. Um, but, um, and she was from Nashville and, uh, she had brought her film up. And one of the things that she and I were talking about is she had written a feminist film about kids and, uh, The girl comes to, and I haven't seen it, and I haven't gotten a chance to really talk to her in depth about it, but this little girl comes into uh, the situation where she's defending a little boy, and it was, I guess, pretty good, and uh, so she sent that off to festivals. And one festival, she didn't get into any of them, not a single feminist festival, and one of them actually sent her money back saying, maybe you don't understand, this is a feminist festival.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. that's insulting. Yikes.
2: Right. Okay. So I'm a little bit concerned about sending it into a festival that talks about racial equality or... or Yeah, but know, it's feedback, this, you know. It is. It is
0: feedback. It doesn't mean... It could just mean that you learn something new about yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that, like, your work is bad or anything. Right. You know, right. it could be completely separate from that.
2: Oh, this has been a huge learning opportunity, going to the festivals and, and seeing how people receive the work yeah and and hearing somebody say no 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 no, don't make it a feature yeah so so these
0: guys like it the way it is but you think it could maybe be a feature do you think
1: that you would have to maybe change up the jump around element of it if you turn it into a feature
2: oh yeah again it was heavily um influenced by grumpy old men yeah and one of the things i loved about grumpy old men was the constant little fighting and bickers between the, the two friends yeah and the, the pranks that they would pull on each other and different things like that. And I think that Melting Pot, if I were to go with a feature length type of thing, it would be that feeling, right? Would there,
0: Who would be the counter? Like, who would the two kind of bickery end up being, do you think?
2: Because... I, I think the counter to it would be Kate.
0: Yeah. Oh, how cute.
2: Mm-hmm. It's right? adorable. Because she's just, all she wants is to move forward. You know, she's getting yeah. her master's degree. Then she it becomes wants like to... a
0: romantic comedy, which is sweet. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. And it's, we actually, this this film actually won Best Romantic Comedy at IndieGap. Oh. So, That's cool. <laughs> and uh, Best Ohio Film, uh, Best Actor with Blake Fowler, mm-hmm. and uh, Best Cinematography with Greg Krause. Mm-hmm. Nice. So uh, it did pretty well. Um, and I just wish it could get into more festivals. Because mm-hmm. like I say, when it gets in, people like it. But people aren't, it isn't getting in because it does so much. Um, and there's another component that uh, came out of this too. when When we played... The film, uh, it might have been at Winter Film. I did a poll, an online poll through SurveyMonkey or something like that. Wanted to know what people thought of the film. And one person, um, you know, there's there's a there's a cute little interchange in the in the in the screenplay between Stan and Alicia. Uh, Stan is the old man. Alicia is the uh, black wife of his son, and you know he loves her to death. And you can tell by the way that it's written that he loves her to death. That is his daughter. She's gorgeous. Um, but he makes fun of her. And he has a little bit of fun For with her. For being black. And yeah. yeah. And, and he calls her Oprah, calls her Whoopi, right. things like that. I had one filmmaker or audience member uh, respond to the poll and tell me that it's never funny to be a racist. And at, at first I'm thinking, well, this guy is just professionally offended. But then it's, I really started thinking about it. We as a culture have gotten so offended about so much. When, when is that tipping point that our art starts getting censored? Because we're afraid to go there, right? So that has really affected me. I've got another screenplay I'm writing too. It's a, it's a, it's a sci-fi comedy. And I ended up doing a major rewrite because there's a character that's like one-sixth Cherokee and the old man that lives in the house calls him Cochise and Tonto mm-hmm. and all these different things. I'm I'm one sixth Cherokee, mm-hmm. and it doesn't offend me if somebody wants to call me Tonto. Go for it, mm-hmm. you know. But how long? How you know? I know the times are changing, but mm-hmm. how far can you go? And how long is it going to be before social, the social world, censors art? I do.
0: I want to make sure that we focus on this conversation for a second because this is like this is so important, and I want just want to know what do you think about this idea, Jack.
1: What they uh, the uh, censoring your art in terms of having social trying to not to upset people?
0: Well, and I'm, you know, now I'm gonna have to parap- paraphrase Casey, so set me straight if I need to. He's talking about the fact that like getting into um, social issues and racial or racist issues as well, that they can be offensive and that people can have a negative reaction to that. and being mm. afraid of that negative reaction may censor art right. um, my take on it is that, sometimes highlighting racial bias or you know we talk a lot about other kinds of social and political issues on the show through scripts that those kinds of things can be important to art but if people are offended it it starts the dialogue and the dialogue doesn't end with this offended me oh well that it has to become right. something different that that is my take on it mm-hmm. um what do you think about these kinds of things i
1: think in the case of this script specifically i mean like you said obviously he loves this woman she's not he he's not he, That's his daughter. He's in love with her. He he wants them to have a beautiful child and he's happy about it. And he says this stuff that's questionable things to say, but it it also doesn't necessarily mean that it's racist necessarily because somebody wrote on Twitter recently that I think we all agreed that racism was bad before we really figured out what it was and the idea of. People in power, majority people keeping down other people, systematically denying them opportunity and this and that sort of thing is what racism is. Where in this case, I don't think he's trying to prevent her from thriving at all. He's just saying something stupid well, and she's willing, to, because they have a personal relationship, I, I, she's willing to give him a pass.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Listeners, I'm getting so fired up about this because <laughs> racial bias is is a thing. It's mm. a very important thing, sure. and that I don't think people make enough distinction. Like we're talking about, like how people may not really understand the word racism and mm. throw it around too much. But there's there's differences between racial bias and racism. Sure, and so in this case, he does have racial bias. Yes, he has a great deal of it, or else he probably wouldn't be calling her this, right? You know. But and then we get into things. It's still not okay. You know, their relationship, like, it is what it is. Like, right. this is how they interact. Right. It's relationship based, it's right. not politically minded. He's not trying to overtly do something, right. keep her down about it. But still, you know, she in the script, and actually, what did your actress say about That's this? That's a good question. Yeah.
2: She loved it. In like what ways? Uh, She, she, We didn't have a lot of time. She came in on set and she spent one day. She was a one-hitter quitter. Merva Russell, Mm -hmm. fantastic actress, beautiful, by the way, uh, has got this cute little laugh just that lights up the whole – she's just the neatest, neatest person. Um, But she really didn't have anything negative to say about it. She was all in. Uh, The way she played it was different than I would have – liked it played. She showed a little bit of annoyance when he did it mm-hmm. but it ended up working for the film. Yeah. I would have rather had her go oh, you silly man mm. you know or something like that but the way she played it like mm-hmm, showed that you know you're allowed to do this because I love you but
0: eh, it doesn't sit right with her. It doesn't sit right. Yeah. yeah. I, I that's mean fair. that adds depth. Yeah there, sure. You know? right.
2: And she did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. She did that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give I mean that's all her. Uh, I am looking for it. Which makes
0: sense considering that she's somebody with a a skin tone other than white and that the four of us, including Frank in here are all shades of white.
2: Right, right, right. Right. Um, So in the script, uh, he sees uh, Rick's wife, Alicia 34, a light skinned African-American woman with gorgeous green eyes and a very pregnant belly. He says to her, there she is. My gorgeous daughter-in-law and mother of my legacy. How you doing, Oprah?
0: (laughs) Uh, I would be so offended if someone I said that be to a me. Fan of that either. Do you know? Because, like, as a woman, people will say, I hate it when people say things like, as a woman, but people will say just things that they think are cute to me, and they're yeah. just not. Right. You know, it's just like, you don't know me that well.
2: But you're, again, you know. in the context of the character. Yeah. Right? So it matches this character.
0: And then it comes down to relationship,
2: you right. know? So, uh, you know, and, yeah. and you've got a film that somebody could look at and say, golly, I don't like what this is doing racially. Yeah. But again, it's about the character. And it was brilliant. And I loved it. I'm in love with that film of mm-hmm. yours. I mean,
0: I really dive, yeah, I'm getting so worked up here, but my whole movie is about racial bias right. and diving into that. Right, right. Which we don't want to go into my movie on this, no, we no, we don't I didn't have think no time. that you would. That's,
2: but, <laughs> if, but uh, you know, it's something that's out there. And somebody once told me that All in the Family could not have been made today. Well, that's a real, that's too bad. That's a real disappointment because All in the Family spoke to a generation. And it set people straight on a lot of things, from race issues to, you know, marriage issues to son issues to politics to everything you can think of. All in the Family was a trend-setting show that shaped, in some ways, the conversation of a culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that art serves to do that, and we should continue to do that. I think you should be brave about
0: your work without a doubt, you know, and to bring that honesty to the table.
2: It's it's really hard nowadays. When you're a 50-year-old straight white guy, you know, what are the boundaries that you're allowed— to tackle and mm-hmm. how far can you stretch those mm-hmm. boundaries before people start pointing fingers and going I think you have a problem well, well and then,
1: doesn't it also showcase how important listening is too and yeah. you know interacting with people and not just
2: taking
0: the next step past yeah. those finger pointing things you right. know not letting it in there
2: right and, and, and it has affected me and I'm wondering if it's if it's something that um, you know maybe it was somebody that is just hypersensitive, you know, always looking for something to complain about, or is that something that I really need to be careful with and make sure that if it's going to be in a script, it needs to be something that is that is very very character driven, very, you know, or something that gets resolved, right? Yeah, if somebody's sure. going to be a, a racist doink, I'm, I'm I'm using my family words here, <laughs> doink. Um, if somebody's going to be a racist in in a script, then how is that going to resolve? How's that going to get fixed? How's that going to sure. be something that's going to come back later and? Let him know that, hey, it's not okay to speak to me like that. Right. So what's next for you? Well, let's see. Um, uh, I am back to writing. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, my father had a disease called Lewy body dementia. And I'm writing a horror film. Oh, yeah. That shows an audience his point of view on what it would be like to see things that aren't there.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. When you were describing the bit before about the little people dressed in, like, 1920s, the the part about that that creeped me out the most was the fact that they weren't interacting back with him, that they were just going about whatever their weird little business was, and he was trying to talk to them, and they were just doing their own thing. That creeped the hell out of me.
2: Oh, it gets worse. So, I mean, it's just a horrific experience for a person to have to go through, and I think that there's something that I can do to tell the world what this disease is like. Yeah in a narrative form
0: how far are you along with that script about 22 pages yeah and do you see that one being a feature then
2: uh that's what i'm going to aim for cool because there's so much that went on in that journey
0: i'd love to have that script back on the show too yeah you know
2: so working on that and of course uh, the aforementioned uh sci-fi uh comedy uh which i'm i'm loving what i'm doing with it um but uh, that's the one that's going to, I'm going to rewrite the third act because mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of went out in the, in the weeds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, probably my next contest thing, um, winter film. Is going to be coming up again for uh, the next year.
0: How could somebody in this area get involved with winter film if they were in, by in this area, we mean the Cincinnati, Ohio area.
1: In the (laughs) 513. I'm going to cut that out.
0: (laughs) Don't
2: ever do that. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm not proud of myself. (laughs) You should go sit in the corner. Uh, uh, If you want to be involved in winter film, uh, the best thing to do is to follow the Southern Ohio uh, Filmmakers Association on Facebook. That's where a lot of their press releases come out regarding that. There's also, I think, actually a Winter Film page on Facebook, and there's also a website, winterfilm.org. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more up to date on the Facebook page than they are on their website, uh, but the website will show you a lot of interesting things um, about uh, what they're expecting. Um, there aren't a lot of – in fact, matter of fact, I don't think there are any films on there from years prior because some of these people take it like we did, Take it to festival. Right. Okay.
0: And then if somebody's interested in getting a hold of you to be a part of your work or work with you on winter Film, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
2: I've got two Facebook pages that I point people towards. Uh, One is Ten Ring Films. That's the name of my film company. Uh, We just launched it when we launched uh, Melting Pot as a movie. And um, that's that's probably the best way. Um, The secondary is uh, through my writing and directing page. Uh, that's uh, also on Facebook, uh, Casey Allen, writer director, um, and th- that's that's the best way t- I think to reach me.
1: Mm-hmm. Right now. Cool, cool.
2: So yeah, uh, I'd be happy to write. I'd be happy to direct. I'd be happy to uh, you know get involved in somebody's project. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, I won't let it be like that one that's taking me nine years and I'm still not done with. But, yeah, that's uh, not
1: a good resume builder, I don't <laughs> think. Well, I fell in love
2: with it when the when the guy that that uh, you know that was working on it with me when he fell out of love with it, I fell out of love. Yeah, with fair yeah. enough. I just haven't, haven't been able to get back to
0: it. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Well,
1: Casey, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your work and yeah. uh, talking to us and driving all the way down here to uh, to actually do it in person. We love
2: having uh, somebody actually live in studio. Film is about relationships. Yeah. Right.
0: They start right here.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. So I admire your work. Thank you. And uh, getting down here to meet you guys in person was important to me. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
0: All right. So um, if you're interested in driving a couple of hours to sit in the studio with me and Jack (laughs) and Frank, uh, or if you're interested in calling into the show like many of our guests do, you can get that process started by submitting your script to scriptshopshow.com on there. Push that button. Submit. <laughs> Every time I say something, you, both of you guys just like <laughs> give me faces you're fine. all the time.
1: But nobody can see these faces, and that's it's okay. Don't worry <laughs> well, about I it. mean,
0: I can. I know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can. Um, please push our buttons. There you go. Send that script this way. We want to read what you're writing because we love what you're writing, and we want to be excited about it, too. So send it our way. We'll get in touch with you. And then we'll get you on the show.
1: Yep. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, get in touch with us in other ways, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, at Script Shop Show. You can find us all there. Please be friends with us, like us, and whatever the other verbs are involving that sort of thing.
0: And the very last thing is that we really do need your support. And it's not money support. It's just like your time and a little bit of your words. So if you could get onto iTunes and leave us a review and a rating, or get onto Facebook and leave us a review and a rating, we would much appreciate it. Like and
1: subscribe. Like and subscribe.